And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day, we're holding NFTs. With Loroco, San Fernando. Got the Alpha on Web 3. And it's all on the road radio. It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM, Rock Radio. Yo, 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 what up, what up? Good morning, good morning, GM, GM. Friday, November 11th, 2022. 11-11-2022. Wow, what a nice number, huh? You would think. Uh, I would love to say it's another beautiful day to have a beautiful day. Uh, it is, uh, in theory. Uh, but, um, but yeah, some things that you still hate to see happen in the space, uh, some things a little angering, uh, to say the least SBF new thread drops four minutes before the show gets me riled up. I forget to start the show on time cause I'm too busy, uh, replying to him, telling him how much of an asshole he is. My bad y'all on that one. Anyways, with that, with that, what an eventful week. And we're back here today to unpack it all for y'all. Uh, so I pin at the top what we're going to be talking about today. Obviously there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, between what's happening with FTX. We're going to do our best like we did uh, every day this week to unpack everything for you guys on the market side with OSF and Mando, uh, the whole like story of the withdrawals through NFTs and uh, this and the, that and what's next for the market, what's happening in NFT land. So uh, stay tuned. And then again, 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 show is powered by 2117. I pinned at the top their allow list for you guys to enter. They'll be coming on the show Monday to talk about their what they're up to. Super cool stuff. But in the meantime, <sighs> OSF, Mando. How are you guys doing? Jim, man. Yeah, I was, just, I was just thinking to myself, like it's been such a busy year, such a frantic year that I was so grateful that we finally got a quiet week to chill out. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this is like this is like next level right now, what's going on. But anyways, well, I'm sure we'll get into it in a second. Mando, was good? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, yeah, look, I... I don't really know what to make of this all right. We did kind of say yesterday that this whole rescue package didn't seem likely, um, was seen very, very unlikely. And that's basically what happened. It's what's really annoyed me about this is like, he's like, he let it run for trying to get this, like no chance in hell rescue deal to come through. And in that space of time, like a bunch of like nefarious stuff has happened. And like, it's just, I don't know. It just reeks the whole situation to me. Bro, how is SBF still tweeting? That's the thing. Like he left, he, he left uh, the uh, <laughs> what the withdrawals on for the the Bahamas unit, which is where all the FTX like employees <laughs> live. I, I reckon there must have been some sort of like <laughs> some sort of deal between the Bahamian government or somebody high up to be like, look, we won't arrest you right now if you leave the um, if you let people. Out We've got the jet practice. ready. You've got 24 hours to leave on <laughs> our other it, uh, right. sister island. Uh, you know, like, dude, man, think, fuck. Think about how many people, like, in the Bahamas, probably had their money in FTX. Like, it would have been very, very high. So I reckon that was one of the deals that was done. Yeah, um, dude. Oh my god. All right. Let, okay, hold on. Let me. Okay, so today on the show, today. <laughs> We got right into it, although it's a lot. Today on the show, today, today, today on the show, uh, we're going to be talking about, I had to like redo the titles this morning, like five minutes ago in lieu of like all the recent events. Um, but today on the show, NFT and uh, macro daily summary, 
FTX, SBF updates on the situations. NFT are, NFTs are hurting. Uh, that There's no doubt here. Uh, what's next? Uh, obviously, we saw Deepak sadly had to post that he has to liquidate his alien punk and his punk position as well as his apes. You absolutely fucking hate to see that. So obviously, there's there's some stuff uh, happening there. As of this morning, we saw FTX uh, step down as C, uh, C, SPF, step down as CEO. Some more news. Also, the whole thing about uh, potentially Agod, uh, you're buying uh, users' accounts for... 10 cents on 10 cents on the dollar and whatnot, or people doing it at least uh, on FTX and withdrawing their funds. Uh, millions of dollars withdrawn. Uh, I saw Kobe start tweeting about this and sharing the 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 the, the, the wallet. So definitely um, nothing uh, nothing good is going on on that front. Uh, and then obviously the market that is still uh, not doing so great. So uh, I know we got Sobe on stage as well. So I'm sure Sobe is going to have a lot uh, to say about that this morning. But first, but first, but first, let's get right into it. Daily Market Report, brought to you by Rug Radio. Yeah, hey guys, I just want, I actually just want to spend a minute talking about macro, like traditional markets for a second here, because I think, in at least on NFT and crypto Twitter, we've all just been ignoring that news because of uh, what's going on with FTX, which is definitely like probably the biggest thing that's ever happened in crypto, but um like yesterday we had this fucking like huge move in equities right nasdaq closed up seven percent um seven and a half percent actually i think almost eight percent and the s&p 500 closed up five and a half percent so there's like monster 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 moves in stocks and futures like i thought it would maybe like come back down again a little bit today but futures are up again today like um we're, we're about we're all we're very close to breaching 4k on on the s&p 500 nasdaq's up um another one percent so this rally in, in macro and traditional markets is seems to have some legs behind it. It keeps going. Um, you know, the inflation number that we saw yesterday was it was a very strong number, and that's four months in a row where you've seen inflation come down and you've seen a big reduction in core inflation, which, which people were worried about. And the other thing is like, well, guess what? Like for November and December, the comps versus last year for inflation are, are also much easier. It actually gets progressively easier because remember, this time last year is when inflation started to get out of hand. So when you compare this quarter, um, the uh, the numbers from like November this year versus November last year, that's going to be much smaller change compared to like taking April this year versus April last year, right? So I think um, we're actually going to continue to see that headline inflation number come down. If even if the core number comes down as well, that's pretty strong, and you're then starting to get to a position where the Fed's going to be under a lot of pressure um, to communicate updated policy and, and possibly change it. And I think this now puts a lot of pressure on them to maybe have a smaller magnitude uh, of a hike in uh, in December, like rather than doing a 75 basis point hike, they could do a 50 basis point hike. And the bigger concern or the biggest concern I think right now is actually the US economy going to recession next year, not so much inflation, because the chances are you're probably going to get lower inflation for the rest of this year. So that's why we just saw this huge, huge rally in equities yesterday, because number one, like everyone is already short or defensive or bearishly positioned and, and, and bearishly bearish in their thought process, at least. Um, and number two, like there's a real strong chance now that the Fed um, gets put under pressure to, to, I mean, not to pivot straight away, but to start communicating like less hawkish policy. So for me yesterday, I think that was like kind of like a paradigm shift in macro. Like it, it reminds me of like, I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago. There's always that one day where something's changed, some some kind of sentiments change, and the narrative changes. I'm not sure if yesterday was it, but I mean, it has a pretty good fucking chance of being it. 
And if you have a good inflation number again for next month, it definitely is it because the Fed will start to change. So um, the, ne- the story from them will shift from like inflation to like, how bad is, is the recession going to be? Is the Fed going to actually be able to like stop hiking rates in time to like save a deep recession? Like, we don't really know. And we're going to have to keep looking at the data, especially the housing market. That's the biggest thing that's at risk here. Um, but it does like, it is a bit of a narrative change, I think. And to be honest, if we didn't have this whole FTX stuff, I think ETH would be above 2K right now. I think ETH would be above 2K. I think Bitcoin would would be at 25K. Um, but we've seen this we've seen this move lower already, and I think a lot of people are debating this now. They're like, uh, "Well, can we move lower?" Because like this is the start of um, you know a massive chain of events, and and a lot more people filing for bankruptcy. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find out more information on like potential liquidity events out there. But this is not the same as 3AC, right? When 3AC filed. They had to like dump basically billions of dollars worth of crypto at market value, which funnily enough, FTX bought. When FTX the exchange files, I don't think you're gonna have to see like this unwind of the same thing. And you know, obviously Alameda has positions, we don't know the sizes, we don't know if any of it has been unwound yet or not. Um, and some people will have to sell, but I just I have a feeling it's not gonna be of the same magnitude as we saw in June. Um, and on top of that, you've already had this big move, big move down, right? We moved down from like seventeen hundred all the way to like eleven hundred on ETH. This was a pretty sizable move. So um, part of me thinks like the biggest bad news is kind of like out the way or has already happened. The big shock factor has always already happened. The moves to to um, to reflect that have already happened, and at the same time, you've had this huge change and shift in the macro world. Um, so it's kind of it leaves crypto in like a, kind of an interesting position here. And I just wonder, like, as all this news comes out about like BlockFi and all these guys and this stuff, and it's really bad that all these guys are going to file the Chapter Eleven and that essentially a lot of customer deposits or investors' deposits will be lost because they're all FTX. Does that necessarily mean there's going to be a huge like sell pressure on on ETH and in crypto? And are people going to have to like liquidate hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars of crypto? I don't think so, but I don't know for, for a fact. But from from what I've been reading and trying to investigate today, I don't think so. Um, so it kind of puts us into an, in a very interesting position here. And I don't know, like. I'm kind of, it's a bit of a scary one, but I kind of like crypto from the from the long side here, based uh, based on all that. Dude, I couldn't have like a different opinion. Uh, what I mean by that is because this situation is literally so fucking opaque right now. Today, like I use Genesis for some custody stuff, and I got an email from them saying, "Oh, like we got a hundred forty million dollar infusion from our parent company to power growth." Bitch, what growth? You're an institutional fucking service provider institutional fucking interest is an all-time low like you're just freezing hey we took an l on ftx and you know i think like genesis will likely be fine because they have a huge parent co uh, digital currency group right but that's like where that 140 mil is coming from but i was already worried where they changed the story from we're impacted by 7 million to we're impacted by 140 million um there's a bunch of other like lending desks so, so before I get into all this, like this is the problem with crypto. Crypto credit worthiness is like very difficult uh, to kind of understand. So when people base like we we saw this stuff right, where Three Arrows was like sending people fucking word documents, basically saying, "Hey, this is how much money we have. Here's a DocuSign. Give us money now." Because quite frankly, the truth is like people don't want to sit into a data room and, and do audits and look at all these things. So we don't really actually know. Uh, how bad this is. I think we're going to have a lot of forced sellers. I think um, a lot of companies are going to have their treasuries in FTX that we aren't going to be aware of. Um, there's going to be you know, NFT projects that have their treasuries or DeFi protocols. Are I mean, we're seeing it happen already, right? But, but, but what Obi said there is slightly different than that, right? Like, 
if they did have their money in FTX, there isn't a liquidation. Uh, I think that's what he's saying. Is like the liquidation may have already happened. Like people will realize they have it's no just money. Gone. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe they sell other assets. Maybe like I don't know you didn't have all your net worth in in FTX, but the liquidations have been used to prop up FTT. So to a large extent, this is more this is more the contagion risk. So it's just working out if there's that second order impact. If like a BlockFi or a Genesis or a one of these people who realized maybe they did have money on there and then that affects their depositors. That's what you're looking for. And this is why I think Luna's way bigger because this is just a, this is the ripple from Luna, right? Luna took out 3AC and took, basically took out Alameda then. And we're just finding out about it now. But then when Alameda goes down with FTX, it probably takes down a smaller amount. So I, I kind of see what Ovi's saying here. Like, I am so surprised at how well the market is holding up. I, I knew the next move would be that this this bankruptcy would get announced. Like there was no way a deal was happening yesterday. Um, and we dipped to 1200, but then we didn't really dip. Um, and I'm just sitting here going like, well, yeah, like who's the big bad wolf? If, if like, if Tether had, had like, you know, that'd been like a sustained flood, then maybe, but I feel like it's all going to be smaller ripples. Like the original ripple was Luna. And then the, that, that caused a ton of liquidations. Clearly it took out Alameda as well at the same time. And now you're just based on like the ripples of the ripples, really. Um, so I feel like it, there is some truth to what he's saying. And I don't know, like if we if we could, if we assume that ETH was at, let's say conservatively, ETH was probably without all of this happening, would have been between one thousand eight hundred to two thousand easily. Right. So you've seen a you've seen a forty percent impact then, roughly. Right. We're at twelve fifty. So you've seen a forty to maybe just higher forty five percent impact that's that's not small like should it have been 60 percent? maybe but like i personally i do look at this and think right that was the bad news i was waiting for because i i it was difficult to work out how how it's very difficult to work out how much the market was predicting a bailout and now you're not getting one and we didn't really sell off so then i just think yeah you do have these protracted periods right i said this before but we didn't hear about ftx until six months after luna right and we probably won't hear about the f the nft project or the the random lender that had their money on ftx and didn't announce it for six months but that will by nature be smaller than ftx um so like i, I do think we're, we're at the like the ripples of the ripples and they might last for six months but i'm not saying go all in i'm just saying that this was not as big a reaction as i thought it would be and that makes me bullish I see what Ovi's saying. Yeah, like I'm not, maybe me going Doomer is a bottom signal, but it's two days. <laughs> uh, that's like the other thing. I think there's like such a lack of information. This isn't like a regulated market where you have you know things that you can reference. One thing that I'm worried about is one, uh, market makers are probably very lar- like more so than like the profile of people impacted by this, right? So market makers are correct, which means thin liquidity. So I feel like, okay, there's going to be a lot of fuckery about on price action-wise because there's not going to take that much to move the price either way. There's going to be, what are we, almost in, almost at year-end, basically. We have like a month and some change left. And so there's a lot of uh, venture companies that, you know, the, you know, assuming they use a regular reporting structure, now have to start marking down investments adequately, right? And so that could be once they, over the next two, three weeks, they go and they, like, for us, for like the reason why I say that is because I had a bunch of my investors reach out to me and say, "Hey, are you guys impacted by this?" Thankfully, we're not. We we hold all of our funds, besides just a very little bit amount of stable coins, 
uh, in, in a Chase bank account, right? And so all day today I've had, not, not today, yesterday and the following day, people reaching out, people reaching out, people reaching out. Even just got a survey from one of our investors that they sent, like one of our like largest investors and like one of the largest investors in the space. They sent out a survey literally asking people, like, are you in, in uh, to all their port codes? They sent out a survey saying, are you impacted by this? They even had what I thought was interesting. They even had something on there saying, are you, uh, like, you know, did you have anything on FTX? Like, are, are we looking at any of these chains that are backed by FTX? Blah, 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 blah. So, and we don't know who, like, who's dead yet or what the damage is. What I would look at is something I've been th- looking into is, you know, how silent some of the largest institutions are in this, right? So, Barry Silbert, who the, the CEO of Digital Currency Group, has been awfully quiet lately. Jump Trading's been awfully quiet. Now, Jump's like Parent Co. obviously has a big amount of money, but the I think, you know, you expressed it, you expressed it better than I did. I don't think there's necessarily a lot of like forced sellers in the sense of like FTX and like the funds on FTX capitulating but there's that like downstream effects of that right where oh shit like I'm a, I'm a VC I just found out that like seven of my port codes have all their funds here now we got to start worrying about like capital calls or rebalancing our risk across different assets and in this market like Let's say that you you know you want because you're near you're near year end reporting and you need to figure out what makes your numbers look the best. Well, you're probably better off selling liquid assets than trying to go sell illiquid assets at massive markdowns, right? Like, I don't know. I the the worst part though is I completely agree with you where I feel like we're we're coming at a macro bottom or at least a local macro bottom. Like equities were absolutely fucking ripping, and we're sitting here getting cut. So for me personally, I'm gonna just keep scaling. Uh, into some shorts. I've been selling a bunch of shit. I had funds on FTX. They they fucking got me, dude. I let a fat vegan hand me a fucking L. Don't even know how this guy's an Adderall addict and built like that. It's kind of crazy. But it is what it is. You know what I mean? We just, we just move on and we learn the lesson. But I think, uh, you know, it, people are becoming like four sellers and I don't know how this is going to play out, but I do ultimately think that once we know the bodies in the wreckage, we'll get another move down, and then we just kind of buy that little capitulation, and we ride off into the sunset. Could happen, man. Like I think the thing that you said first is the most important thing. Like it's so opaque, no one fucking knows. We're like, dude, like five days ago, if someone told you FTX is going to be insolvent, you'd be like, like get the fuck out of here, no way, right? So a lot has happened in a very short space of time, and everything's opaque. We we don't have any information, like. Fucking like yesterday, F- SBS like FTX US is fine today. files a bankruptcy, right? Like, bro, come we, on, we have, man. Yeah, we have no idea what the fuck's going on, really. So it's hard. It's I think he's we sorry, have no idea. It's, it's yeah. He's sorry. We have he no said idea. He's sorry the, again, by the way. Yeah, great. Fucking great. Um, we have no idea what the fuck's going on, but I think for me, I think that doesn't mean it's just a risk factor to the downside. I also think it's a risk factor to the upside as well. I think it could go both ways, but. Like we're all just fucking guessing here. Like I, like I, I fancy a trade for a long here. I could be completely wrong, um, and 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 lose lose more money is what it is. But um, I mean, liquidity is thin, right? So like, yeah. they can squeeze the books either fucking way. And I think a yeah. lot of the like open interest was on FTX, and now like, I don't know. I, I spent an hour at least yesterday, literally calling a bunch of my friends because I'm the fucking dude in my friend group that got people into crypto when ETH was like a couple hundred bucks. And so I'm calling every single one of these schmucks and telling them to get their money off and like helping them set up like rainbow wallets and shit so they can get everything all set up because they're not I'm like 
oh, should I just wait until my ledger gets here? Like, no, do you get your fucking money off right now? But yeah, I think I think you're right though. Like, for me personally, the level that I'm looking at, and I hate I hate that I'm actively managing my finances now, but I think there's just so much going on. I used to like I, I was just, I've just been holding spot and chilling for a long time, but now uh, the net worth that I have left, I gotta manage that correctly so I can make it all back uh, next cycle. But it's all about just surviving right now, right? It is what it is. So, um, you know what we do know is. And this is, isn't, you know, financial advice, blah, 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 whatever. Do whatever fits your risk profile, what you want to do. But, you know, when I'm one thing that I'm looking at is there's a lot of fuckery about right now with, you know, because it's in liquidity. But we know where we were at before all this FTX stuff happened, right? That 1500 level. So if we can meaningfully break that 1500 level, that's like a, a breakout or momentum level that I would look into. But, uh, I don't know, man. I think uh, an interesting trade could be literally borrowing NFTs, selling them, and waiting until Treasuries announce, hey, we held all our funds on FTX and we're fucked. But I, I just think everyone's playing a massive game of chicken right now. Like, we're two days into it. Today's Veterans Day. Um, and then we have the weekend coming up. And it's just, it's going to be a lot. Like, there is, the the part about this, though, is like, one, the sideline cash. Like, I had a bunch of sideline cash on FTX. I wasn't using their earned product or anything. I just liked having it there because it was easy for me to easily capture more risk across a basket of assets. So I have my sideline cash there. I'm just chilling. Now that's gone, right? So there's a bunch of dry powder, I think. That was got... it? Just to ask, Sorry. was it FTX US? Was it the Cayman, Cayman Islands, Sobe? It was, yeah, it was my Cayman entity. Like, I, I do actually have like an offshore entity that I you know like trade with. It's shit. a beautiful day in the Cayman Islands. It is a beautiful day in the Cayman Islands. I don't like for my U.S. off ramp is has always been um, Gemini in, in lieu of Coinbase because I think it's a good product. But like you know, it is what it is. So anyway, I'm just saying there's a lot of sideline cash. I think that got blown up there. And then secondly, like Bill Ackman the other day was fucking. Oh wow, I don't know any of the facts, but the Sam fellow seems like a real nice, accountable guy. He's stand like fuck, fuck Sam, dude. That was sickening. That no, Ackman well, not, tweet yesterday was it, literally sickening the sick it's not even sickening the part of like what what the i think the big data point to pull from that is this is the perception this guy has from traditional finance right like that's the other thing is like the poster boy for this shit the person that if you look at his cap table like most people would look at because to be honest like most investors institutional or not don't even know what they're doing and they use who else is investing in this as like a proxy for risk of like oh like black rocks on here sequoia's on here like this they obviously did their due diligence right like let's ape in and i just think that the my biggest concern from this is that you know it's, it's always been the meme of like oh we need institutions to come by well retail's all wrecked there's a huge liquidity crunch happening in in uh in mac like in in the macro markets like yeah headline inflation or like a month over month is down, but that number is still seven something percent, and the Fed keeps saying we want to get that down to two and a half. So, what if there's a world in which the Fed pivots, right, becomes takes a dovish stance because you know they get pressure from politicians, whatever? Because I do think long term health for the economy, they should keep spiking. But let's say we get a 50 basis point spike or a 25 basis point spike sometime next year, right? And then they start, they start cutting rates, but then they pivot back. To, to rising rates again. I don't think many people are accounting for a pivot and then another pivot. It's just fucked, man. But, you know, I guess now we definitely know we're in a bear market. Uh, so, woohoo.
Oh man. All right. It's a lot to unpack yeah. here. Uh, uh, SCZ just tweeted out um, a second ago, FTX aside, avoid businesses, exchanges, projects that are not profitable. Musical chairs survive by selling uh, their own tokens. Uh, give high incentives for locking your tokens. Have a large total supply, but only a small circulation supply, and then involves loans. Stay hashtag Satfew. His uh, infamous last words. But there's a lot. There's a lot of talk about this, right? Because a lot of exchanges have done a similar thing to FTX. We're not. We're not too sure if they've done exactly the same thing, but they. Most exchanges, apart from Coinbase, have issued a token, right? Most exchanges. Um, Binance obviously has one with the whole ecosystem to it, but most exchanges have just a. It's just a token they made out of nothing, and they give it to you in their yield-bearing products. And if any of these other exchanges have borrowed sizably against that token, then you have exactly the same situation. And this probably isn't just exchanges. This could take out protocols. I mean, not many protocols are getting like massive loans from banks, but um, this this is not uncommon in crypto to, to borrow against your your own token. And I think there's there's worry for a lot of the other exchanges. I mean, some of them have brought up things like Qcoin, Crypto.com, all which have their own token and may have, may have borrowed against them. There's no proof of any of this sort of stuff. But when you see financing like that, or you see a setup like that, where particularly the the originator, i.e. exchange, owns the vast majority of the token still, just maybe avoid it. Um, and this is one of the main reasons that Coinbase never did its own token is because they you know, they weren't going to build a Binance-like ecostructure and they didn't think that this would, um, that you could see the fallacies of, of doing this sort of stuff. So I'd be very, very wary of that sort of stuff. Um, going back to FTX, just to, just to go into a little bit more detail, like if you have your money on FTX US. Um, so it should be siloed, I think, normally like in bank, bankruptcy proceedings. Um, it will be its own box, which, which uh, goes into a bankruptcy proceeding. They're, I don't know what other debt they have at FTX US, you will probably behind, be behind the, the other debtors, but I can't imagine it's as big as like the, the broader FTX universe. So I, I think if you have your money in FTX US, you could, and it is one for one back, like they said, you probably will see the majority of your money, I, I would say, wouldn't you say, Obi? Like they might have some small senior secured debt, but or, or a senior debt, but I can't imagine it being a very, very low recovery for depositors there. Maybe for FT, maybe for FTX US, but then US it's... just for US, yeah, yeah. But I think it comes out to who are the creditors and what is the preference. Because apparently the creditor to BlockFi was actually FT, FTX US, which makes sense because BlockFi was serving you know American customers, so they that that line of credit was secured by FTX US. But uh, we don't know. Like this shit is just super fucking opaque, and the, and the worst part about it is that like Sam was. Now it makes all this makes sense why the Sam coins were structured the way that they are, right? Like I actually got the opportunity to invest in Serum in 2020, and I kicked myself for like not some. At first, I kicked myself for not doing it, but the context on the Serum deal. So for people that don't know, Serum is basically like the the Dex on Solana. I think Radium is maybe taking over, but it's like a big trading protocol that uh, is an on chain like central limit order book, and so the the it was a seven-year vest and the way that a lot of these sam coins which is like oxygen maps uh radium fucking uh what's the other one oh serum right the way that all these are structured and even ftt really high fdv so really high highly uh fully diluted 
valuation. So which, that means like, what is the total, total value of this thing? And then they would have really low floats. So like float is just another word for circulating supply. And uh, you'll see, like you'll hear often in, in like traditional finance. So like low, low float basically means that there's not many coins compared to how many coins that to are total in existence that are locked up and, and held by early investors. So what would happen would, would be that you would have a coin that had a you know liquid, if you will, or a circulating uh, market cap of like 100 million, 200 million, 300 million. And then if you considered the total supply of the token, it would be like eight fucking billion dollars, right? And so now that makes a lot of sense of why they had that structured where it, the, it was so ballooned because obviously that's like not good tokenomics design, but it was because Alameda uh, themselves held so many of these assets. And so they so they're basically pricing them up in the market since there's just not enough of these things to be traded. It's low volume, low float. Just one market participant, one market maker in the skint, i.e. Alameda or FTX can easily control the market. Even FTT, if you think about the way FTT was structured, same thing, low float, high supply, very high market cap, and the, you, they, you have a forced buyer, right, with FTX buying it with their own customer revenues. In hindsight, like, those SAM threads about FTT are so fucked up. So FTT has, like, continuous, you know, buy pressure from a forced buyer in the sense of FTX. They control most of the supply, but, again, if, you know, if people recall, like, I don't know how many people were around them, but Binance, Binance themselves were early investors in FTX, and as a part of that, they also got... Uh, FTT, the FTX token. So Sam's little game of using his own coins as collateral, or using his own coins that they made that FTX held, or excuse me, Alameda held as collateral to borrow from you know other lenders, basically mooned what their like net asset value was on their balance sheet. So they're like, oh, like look, we have a billion fucking Serum tokens, right? And uh, like Serum is, I think at one point that thing was worth like 20, 30 or even 40 billion. So the crazy like that in the, the bull market, I don't have uh, charts up and so I'm not checking, but so whatever, it was like multiple yards, right? And they, they would end up holding like double digit percentage of the supplies, but the markets, like those unlocks aren't hitting the market. So the price action isn't act, like adequately reflecting what the true price is because the market can't price it effectively. And then same with FT, uh, FTT. As long as they didn't have a huge like exogenous or like um, let me uh, a huge third party seller, which in in this case could have really just been Binance, this would have been all fine. And so that's now in hindsight, like after getting all this information, it's like oh Sam, you're like a smart guy. Like why are you designing tokenomics or working or investing or like incubating these projects with tokenomics that are literally fucking idiotic and toxic and create these horrible like price action for retail investors and it's really so they could have ballooned their net asset value and, and just loot customer funds dude it's fucked well um it is pretty bad but thank you for like taking the time to explain this y'all i think he has been pretty good at this all week um so we saw this morning that they filed for bankruptcy uh, we found out there were bunch, a bunch of meth heads, uh, you know, taking partaking in romantic relationships together, all living together in a beautiful two hundred million dollar, uh, you know, mansion, uh, penthouse in the Bahamas. But you know, driving the Corolla narrative is much better, right? The next Warren Buffett, they call them, uh, and all that. And uh, he's still tweeting sorry. So this morning, uh, we like a couple minutes before the show, um, SBF uh, tweets out. 
Uh, hi all. Today I filed FTX, FTX US, and Alameda for voluntary Chapter 11 proceedings in the US. I'm really sorry again that we ended up here. Hopefully things can re- can find a way to recover. Hopefully this can bring some amount of transparency, trust, and governance to them. Ultimately, hopefully it can be better for customers. I mean, <laughs> dude, this is so fucking crazy to me. And then he goes, um, you know, and then he goes on, he goes on, and he goes on, and says that he's piecing all uh to get t- the, the details together. But I was shocked to see things unravel the way they did earlier this week. I will soon write up a more complete post on this play by play, but I want to make sure that I get right. I get it right when I do. Um, I don't know what what comes next here. Like, I, I obviously nobody hears crystal ball, uh, but I like to think you guys have been pretty accurate in the way you've been sharing your information, and obviously. I haven't dealt with distressed companies all your lives, Mando and Ovi. Uh, it seems like you're back to square one here, full circle, aren't y'all? Yeah, look, uh, it's it's right back to square one. One thing I would say is that this is not a going concern. So, like, normally when companies go for bankruptcy, they might have some operations and you just need to reorganize the company and, you know, then they may be able to continue. No one's putting their money back in FTX. It's done. Like there is no operations after this is this is done. That's one of the things that people are failing to realize is, yeah, maybe you get some token in some sort of bad like deal, but everyone's just going to take their money out. Like no one wants to keep their money on, on at FTX. So the idea that they will have future revenues seems incredibly, incredibly unlikely. Or so I, I think it's kind of done. We're just now going to head for for a uh, like a full bankruptcy proceeding. Um, if, like, for example, if this had been a supermarket, you might be like, oh, okay, it's fine. It'll just have to reorganize its debt and it'll continue to go. Like, that's not the case here. So it's um, it's it's in a bit of a shit show. I would say that it, where you are, it looks like the U.S. arm. If if what Sobi just said, there might be some debt at the U.S. arm, which wasn't at the international arm, which isn't great for you. Um, that might hurt your recovery, but it does feel like the U.S. It does feel like the U.S. recovery is going to be higher than the international recovery. Um, I think the international recovery could be very, very low. They said something like two, two billion of liquid assets. It did seem as though they had some liquid assets or semi-liquid assets has been spoken about. Something like, something like five to six billion of total assets, but some most of these are liquid. So, it might take some time for them to liquidate those. That seems like equity in certain projects or maybe tied up tokens. You're talking about years, though. Like there have been, you know, like. I think Mount Gox and a few of the others, people have waited 10 years through bankruptcy proceedings. So bankruptcy proceedings can take a long, long time. In fact, I think the bankruptcy proceedings for Lehman Brothers only ended like a year ago or two years ago. So th- these these things can take um, a long, long time. So you can be waiting for, for, for a while and you might not end up with anything. So the depositors are at the bottom of the bottom of the pile when it comes to getting paid back. Um, and the longer it goes on, the more legal fees there are and, it's all a bit of a disaster, bankruptcy proceedings often. So uh, I, it does feel as though in the US, this isn't going to be uh, a good scenario. Uh, sorry, in, in the international unit, if you have money there, this isn't going to be a good scenario. Uh, for the US, maybe, hopefully, it gets resolved slightly quicker. But um, that that's annoying. That is very, very annoying that he decided to, to put the US arm into bankruptcy. Like, that's, yeah. that's like not, not, not allowed. And, and then to add cherry on top of the pie was yesterday the SBF backed bill, right? That they're trying to push um, to go through, uh, which was honestly just so shocking. I, this is shocking on every level. Uh, I don't know what you guys feel about how you guys feel about um, about all of this, but yesterday the block the block uh, reported that senators are moving forward with an SBF backed bill after the FTX collapse. 
um, which is really just just so crazy um, to me. And the ties are just so so deep uh, when it comes to to the SEC and, and Gensler and whatnot, uh, and how much you know uh, they were involved on every level through the family and whatnot. So it's just like it's so bad, um, Keith. You you you're 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 a big media CEO president. You you've been around the the block. You've seen a couple uh, collapses. Uh, obviously, in your world different in crypto, but it seems like things are. This this sounds like a more of a traditional collapse within our crypto ecosystem. What what do you make of all this? I'd love to hear your sound uh, opinion, honestly. Well. Never mind on that. Um, oh. <laughs> Rug, can you, can you tell the audience right now, uh, was Rug Radio impacted by FTX in any way? No. I've been, I'm trying to spread some FUD. Oh, no? No. No, no, you can't spread FUD about that. Uh, our stuff no. is not on any exchanges. Uh, we don't... Um, we don't, why is, I, we that, don't. is that because you don't trust people that, that are fat vegans like Sam? Or what was the rationale behind not putting any funds in FTX? Oh. There's two vegans I don't trust, uh, Sam and Ed Balloon. Um, and then Man, <laughs> he's, catching strays. he's catching strays down there straight from the audience. He's about to pull the request. But um, no, um, no, we're good. Uh, thankfully, uh, even me personally. I mean, thank you. Thank you for calling me the other day and say, yo, like, because I had someone on one exchange uh, and you were like, yo, just get it the fuck out. It's like, I'm not trying to fudge you, but get it out. But um, I proceed. I'm, I'm fully cold storage. Um, and uh, but it's uh, yeah. Uh, no, we're not affected. Uh, if Sam doesn't go to jail, I'm gonna either I'm gonna really believe that this white privilege shit is getting out of hand, dude. That motherfucker yeah. in jail. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, the the packs, all this stuff with the twenty million dollar donations through the family, this and that of like customer money that has been donated to political parties. This is like, it this something doesn't sit right. Like I put a poll out yesterday asking if people thought he was a plant because uh, <laughs> I know Kobe and a bunch of people were talking about it on, on their shows. Uh, but it's just all like you know, I don't mean to put my tinfoil hat on, but none of this, none of this makes sense. Uh, I have an attorney on stage, and I'm bringing Ira Rothkett up as well. Shekinah, you were tweeting at me. Where the fuck are the attorneys right now in these threads? And I keep saying, where's his mom? Uh, because she's quite the big attorney too. What's going on here? It, it, it's pretty insane. Yeah, no, I, was, I just keep asking, like, where are the lawyers? You know, where where is his PR, you know, crisis management, you know, between the tweets, you know, that he's been, the threads he's been sending, you know, what today and yesterday. But um, but more so, I wanted to kind of get just Sobe and I guess maybe Mando, even though, like, you're, like, overseas mainly, but just your thoughts around, maybe even Ira around, you know, like, as of right now, I think the crypto industry, or at least the, the, the pro-crypto um, lobbyists, uh, in, in D.C., you know, aren't, you know, the happiest with the um, Digital Commodities uh, Consumer, Consumer Protection Act, which is your DCCPA. Um, and what ways or, or what ways do you think we could kind of correct or, yeah, just kind of correct that bill or you, what ways would you like to see it changed? But that would still apply accountability to, to in situations like this. Yeah, good good point. I think on one end, I do what I would like to have the CFTC be the governing body around digital assets because it is my belief that uh, pretty much ninety nine percent of assets, if not more, are actually commodities and they're not securities laws. Something that was applied uh, to a fucking orange grove shouldn't be used uh, for digital assets in the in the modern age. I think um, the next thing is 
part and part, like before I get into like directly answer your question, I think uh, we'd be remiss to not bring up the part part in this that U.S. regulators played by their lack of um, like just basically because of their their negligence and all this. If U.S. regulators had created a framework, um, users would not be forced to be going to offshore irregulated, uh, unregulated exchanges like FTX. Like FTX, all the stuff happened is because they were, you know, domiciled in the Bahamas. They were they went from like Antigua to Hong Kong to here, right? Um, all very interesting domiciles for different legal reasons and and tax purposes. But a lot of that just came with lack of regulator like regulate uh, clarity. And so, honestly, like a lot of this is due to U.S. regulators. And I think, quite frankly, like we already have, we should have already like learned our lessons with regard to national security risk by with microchips being largely produced outside of the United States and how that's like a major point of uh, contention nowadays in the modern world. Similar to this is if we do want to stop, you know, OFAC sanctioned countries to evade sanctions and, uh, you know, we see the the world going digital and the financial structure moving digital, well, it's in our, it's in the United States' best interest to create regulatory frameworks that allow them to work with good actors in the space. It's in their interest for not just financial reasons, but national security reasons as well. And so I think that moving forward, hopefully, uh, and this is probably not going to happen because regulators are fucking weirdos, but hopefully they understand that their negligence is a big part of this. And like a lot of people have lost their livelihood and, you know, people are defrauding creditors and all this stuff. So that's one. I, I do think that there's interesting things and arguments around that that bill that was passed, the Digital Commodities Act or whatever the fuck it's called. And so part of that act is it, uh, for people that aren't familiar, this is what Sam was really pushing, and this is kind of where his PR went from Golden Boy um, to where it is now. Um, and for people, I'm going to give it a little bit more context too. So Alameda, Alameda would enter into all these different DeFi pools so DeFi pool was basically like if you provided uh, liquidity to an asset, the protocol would bribe you with tokens. In traditional finance, like uh, every publicly listed company, I think, I believe has, and Mendo and OSF could know this for me, uh, has like, what what is it, I think five or ten uh, market makers. And so market makers are kind of like, think about market maker. people say the term a lot. A market maker is like a grocery store. Like when I go to a grocery store and I buy, sorry. Um, market makers like a grocery store in the sense of like they just sell you apples. They don't care about what the price of apples is a month from now, two per, two months from now, three months from now, right? They're just trying to sell you apples, and they have a spread of like I bought an apple for a dollar. I'm going to sell it, sell it for one dollar and one cent. But you're happy because you're a buyer at, for apples and blah blah blah. So market makers help you know create markets that are liquid. Very difficult for assets that are higher on the risk curve. Um, and that's this is where, like why Uniswap was such a powerful tool because it enabled uh, automated market making and people could come in and provide liquidity to these AMMs along the curves or whatever. And uh, anyway, so Alameda would farm all of these DeFi protocols, which now we have found out was with user funds. So they're basically stealing our funds, farming DeFi protocols with them, and then listing those tokens on the exchange that they also own or are extremely like commingled with, and then dumping on people. So very predatory act, but that. Same, one of the huge opportunities with DeFi was that ability of just trustlessness and being able to participate in early stage opportunities, regardless of, you know, everything's risky. So it just comes on to like how you analyze it. But 
the same opportunities that made them wealthy, they want to outlaw them for everyone else, which I thought was completely annoying. I feel a, a little bit embarrassed that I stood up for Sam on the on the timeline because I do think that you know Sam may not have the highest EQ in the world and maybe social skills because you know he's just doing a bunch of Adderall behind a computer screen all the time, so maybe it's hard to forget there's people on the other side of it. But effectively, what they were arguing for was uh, getting rid of uh, like so. If you went to Abe right now, right? Abe is a borrowing and lending protocol. They were basically saying if like something like Abe or, or a hosted front end. Like a, if I go to Uniswap.org, like that's a hosted front end that they should require KYC from me to be able to use this. But he didn't say that to interact with the smart contracts themselves, you had to do that. So what that means, like I don't know if maybe some people in the audience have had this happen in the past, where like they were trying to buy uh, an NFT or something, and the front end was down, and they noticed that you could you could go to EtherScan and mint from the contract. Because an important thing to remember is. With these decentralized applications that we use, the back end isn't something like a Google Cloud or AWS. It's actually Ethereum is the back end for this, right? So there exists a contract that you can uh, actually interact with if you have the technical warehouse. So it's like, oh, okay, like you can't, we'll, we'll just make it very difficult for the average user to interact with the same thing that made us wealthy. Uh, but if you're, but we'll still be able to interact with those things um, without having a KYC or whatever because. We know how to uh, interact with the, the back ends and the smart contracts. And as, as Lex Node actually brought up a really good point about this, I got to give him a shout out. I think he's probably one of the best people that we need out there in, in DC right now. But um, he said, What's that? Like, should Block Explorer, so a Block Explorer is like EtherScan. So he brought up, like, Should EtherScan be KYC'd? And he's like, No. And he's like, Well, Sam, like, you do understand that effectively all you uh, DeFi front ends are nothing more than just a Block Explorer. I love that abstraction because I think it's very important. Like, what's the difference between me pressing swap on Uniswap.org versus me going on EtherScan, finding the Uniswap contract address, connecting my MetaMask, putting in a token ID into field one, putting a token ID into field two, you know, putting the number of tokens that I want to trade and then 18 leading or 18 uh, zeros afterwards because of the decimal points. And so... Really, like, I know I'm kind of ranting on it, so really the whole point is that these fucking cocksuckers were trying to make the same thing that got them rich illegal, and I think, you know, just quick opinion, I think accredited investor laws are the most classist and racist thing in America. I think that shit is so out of pocket because they're effectively telling you, hey, you're not smart enough uh, to buy something because you don't have enough money. And if you look at, like, the best opportunities are the early stage opportunities, and they are the most risky too as well, right? But I think this is why something like uh, the Ethereum ICO or, or Ethereum in general or like, uh, you know, some NFTs that people have bought and, and subsequently sold have been so powerful because, you know, people who, there's people in the audience today probably that were able to change their life because they just thought this ape thing was cool and it reminded them of possibly like the Supreme of Web3, whatever the fuck the meme was. But that was only 0.08 ETH, right? At like it's a couple hundred dollars to 100, 200 grand the average American is living paycheck to paycheck. Like that is a substantial amount of money for people. It can bring them out of intergenerational poverty. Like people don't, unless you, I, I didn't grow up in the most fortunate circumstances. I spent most of my life in section eight housing, blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't define like who I am, but there's a lot of poverty traps that you experience. And even now I feel so thankful to have the privilege of even after taking a, a big financial loss, like I still don't have to worry about money in terms of like my, my personal burn rate and all the things I have to do. 
because I think you know that desperation, uh, lack of money leaves people to do desperate things. But the point is, uh, you know, credit investor laws. This is like where crypto was kind of the great equalizer on this stuff. I, I've said this before, but you know, when I see things like dog coins and stuff mooning, like I don't think to myself, "Wow, the industry is so dumb." I think to myself, "Wow, income inequality is so horrible." And wage growth has been stagnant from decades and decades ago that the only way people think that they can have any financial mobility in this country is by literally gambling. And so it's it's just horrible what I think they were trying to do. I gave them uh, the benefit of the doubt in the sense of like maybe they are trying to protect retail users because at the same time in DeFi, like, you know, to have the full picture, there's also been like $50 billion in hacks, right? But how many of those hacks are like state-sponsored actors, yada, yada, and we need better rails? So there is a give and take here, but at the end of the day, the way I perceived that it was like they're trying to outlaw the same opportunities that made them who they are, and I found that quite unfair. You raised a lot, lot, lot of great points. Um, Chikan, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to give him a follow-up question since he always gives really great responses. Okay, so like obviously Nansen just kind of um, posted or tweeted um, a couple hours ago that they're going to allow, they're working with exchanges to display proof of reserves um, for for people to, to kind of view. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that will help or, yeah, or, or do you think there's some way to still kind of ask, um, with it, ask if it's, hide it, damn it, hide it. Yeah, I, so there, um, there is something called uh, chain link proof of reserves because I think a real proof of reserve has to also account for liabilities, right? So it's not just about... How many assets are you holding? Well, what are, what are those assets? Like, what is that? Those assets plus are subtracted by your net liabilities of customer deposits, outstanding loans total. So, proof of reserves is a a, a, crypt, a way to post cryptographic truth about on-chain and off-chain assets that's been developed by Chainlink. It's been, I think, uh, Bitco, which is a really big custody solution. I think PayPal ended up dead acquiring them or was going to acquire them or something. Um, they they were powered by proof of reserves. Uh, as far as I know, and I, I could be wrong about this, um, Kraken also uses it for their proof of reserves. And I think one thing that's nice about having something like proof of reserves is it forces you to do more audits and understand really where your risk is. Uh, th that's the problem with, with crypto right now is like, like, you know, these big entities and stuff, they're just human beings. Like th at the end of the day, it's a lot of work to really know where everything is. Um, and it should it should actually be easier because your assets are digital and you can kind of like ping them and find out where they are. But yeah, proof of reserves by Chainlink is a really interesting thing. But I think moving forward, like interestingly enough, like this is something that couldn't have happened on a on a DeFi protocol pending like besides like an infinite mint bug or something. But I think it's uh, moving forward like this is a part of the things why I think regulation isn't bad for the space. Like I would like to have as an investor myself. I would like to know certain things about projects that I buy into, like who are their investors, what are the lockup terms, what are the deal terms that they got, and these are things that you can find in public markets, albeit like it's a little bit, you still got to dig through a little bit, but it's there because it's you know mandatory to follow these things. But furthermore, like man, this is what what FTX did is just what banks do, right? But they just don't have like, the, the government to come and bail them out. And, uh, like, FTX isn't crypto. I want to make that very clear. FTX is not crypto. They just operate within this space. And funny enough, the very same thing that they were trying to ban or outlaw could have been the same thing that just protected a lot of people's funds. Like, I can't – this is, really, like, really bad fraud. But, yeah, uh, kind of, I think things like cryptographic uh, truth 
as regards to reserves is a important thing that we as consumers should should demand from uh, exchanges as a way to make sure that we're all good. I think we lost him. Um, so, and that was a great answer, by the way. Thank you, Shikana, for the good questions. Um, Justin got a t- tweet from Gordon. There was a screenshot going around, like, for the whole of the show saying that um, Yuga Labs had, like, 18,000 ETH on BlockFi. But uh, Gordon just put a tweet out saying that it has not affected us. We never use FTX.com, though some of our partners did. Uh, we had some money on FTX.us, but we moved it out earlier this week. Heart goes out to anyone who has been hurt by this insanity. So good to get some clarity. If you're a founder and if you've got a project, you probably want to put some 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 tweets out for clarity um, just so people are aware of what's going on. It would help a lot. Um, thanks, Sobi, for asking me earlier. I should have done that as well. But um, I want to go to uh, I want to go to Ira quickly, and then Mando and OSF. I kind of want to talk about what Kobe was talking about earlier regarding all the NFTs. He did say this appears to be the first recorded case of NFT still in existence. <laughs> kind of funny how how he worded that. Um, woke up to that, like everybody was tweeting, sending me this uh, because there was a Bahamas account that was withdrawing other people's funds for them, uh, and it was mostly through U- NFT uh, uh, volumes. But Ira, um, you know, you're pretty high level tech uh, attorney here. What's your? Uh, I kind of want to ask you what's your download on this, but without asking too much of a long-winded question. But um, how do you see this play out? Uh, well, it's a good day. Though it's obviously bad, and, and our hearts go out to all the folks who whose funds or crypto are still there, and the road ahead of them. Um, it's good in the sense that we're seeing why trustless systems are extremely important. Um, whether you want to say something's willful or negligent, um, custody has risks. And we're seeing that play out both in the NFT ecosystem as well as in the um, exchange ecosystem. So this is basically what I would, to summarize it all, I basically say this is the week that we reevaluate trust in the blockchain and crypto ecosystem we had um earlier this week <clears throat> issues or maybe even last week too with uh folks getting royalties on nfts in a course of performance and they were getting their nfts over and over and over again by OpenSea, and it was part of their contract it was part of the deal for which they allowed people to have access to the artwork and their nfts and then some folks come along and they decide that they don't want to honor that now Typically, in the crypto ecosystem, you'd have a trustless system, so that's not up to them. So they went ahead and they said, all right, you know what? We're going to unilaterally grow our NFT platforms by mining all the NFTs for which you contractually told people that is a condition precedent to having a proof of license or proof of membership of that artwork that you got to pay a royalty, and they don't honor the royalties. So... Legal issues aside, and there could be many from, you know, uh, aiding and abetting the copyright infringement to whatever, they go ahead and they build for their own success these giant platforms. And then we get into this debate about whether or not one should honor royalties like it's a philosophical debate. So we've learned, again, you know, economics are self-healing. Artists are rational economic actors they're going to move to a technology where that becomes trustless. And then these platforms are going to become search engines because they won't have a stake in deciding whether or not to pay royalties. 
So they hurt themselves in the long term. And the same thing here. We're learning right now that we have to go back to our roots and have trustless systems. And for folks who want, you know, custodial systems, they have to be highly regulated, you know, because even good people make mistakes and there needs to be some sort of oversight and solution because we don't want this kind of level of harm. It hurts the entire crypto ecosystem. And so there's going to be um, systems, you know, if you go back to the financial action task force of the G20 last year, lawyers like myself, you know, updates and they promulgated um, legislation for the G20 countries. And that was done last year. And now we're starting to see how many of those countries are going to go ahead and implement it. And it's basically made up of two categories, risk and, and folks who are compliant. And so we're going to, you'll still be able to do things that are risky, but it's going to be shunned. And the compliant folks, for better or for worse, are going to have to go through all sorts of uh, regulatory oversight. So that's my opening salvo. Um, the bankruptcy was filed for obvious reasons. It does an automatic stay in any litigation. And that means people really can't commence lawsuits with some exceptions. It doesn't stop criminal proceedings if there are any, but it, it, it sort of aggregates all civil litigation into one courthouse where they filed bankruptcy. So it's a smart opening move. And to plug Rug Radio, yesterday with Carlo and Ray, we theorized that that would be the opening move on our show yesterday um, with uh, Lex Radio, with Carlo and Ray. That was something that's that we discussed in the room. And so that's my distillation for the moment. Thank you for that. Um, I'm getting a tweet from Saka saying he retweeted something. Wow, this is crazy. SBF bet $7.3 million of users' money on Trump losing in 2024. You can't make that shit up. Uh, yeah, this is so crazy on so many levels right now. Uh, Mando, um, I want to go to you. Um, do you want me to play your jingle? Or do you want me to, or, or, or is it another time? You pick. <laughs> it's late for the jingle, but you can do it if you want. I mean, this, it's been, I guess it has been quite a lot going on in NFTs. We can talk about it. There has been a lot going on in NFTs. Who is the man, Macro Daddy of the land? Can you dig it? Tell us about this, like, Kobe. FTX NFT situation. Well, it's just a weird situation, right? It feels like one of the loopholes of people trying to get their money out was that you were able to buy and trade, oh, buy and sell NFTs on the platform. So I believe people were people in the Bahamas were creating NFTs and then selling them for millions of of dollars, and then that would be a way to get your money out of the Bahamas operation. So you had your money tied up let's say, um, in the international unit, you'd buy this NFT of somebody who had a Bahamas account and I think they moved out $50 million or something like that um, over the course of the over the course of last night and, and this morning. So just, just you know, more fraud, really. Um, but it's just one of these things. I think people were doing crazy stuff to try and get their money out. And this just seems to have been one of the more 
used ones, but I think it was only one or two accounts doing it. Like it wasn't it wasn't that many accounts um, who were who were doing it. But yeah, a lot of money, about fifty million dollars of leakage or something like. That. You know, one of one of the one of the things that folks need to consider in scenarios like this, and I've seen metaphors for this, is that right now almost everything that's being done will be evidence in some case somewhere and subpoenaable. So even over the last few days when there was he was going around trying to get financial bailouts, anybody who wanted to participate in that had to contemplate they were going to get deposed one day under penalty of perjury. And so there's a chilling effect when you start going down this rabbit hole where it starts it gets geometrically worse because everyone who might be able to have ordinarily been able to help you stays away so they don't catch it. They don't catch whatever that virus is that you've got. And so right now, it's very hard for SBF and his companies to make deals. It was hard before this. Now, folks who are doing this sort of thing with NFTs, um, you know, this is going to be stuff that will be evidence somewhere. And I'm not saying that they're doing anything wrong. You have to look at all this stuff. But right now, fraudulent transfers are under a microscope. Um, use of ill-gotten funds is under a microscope. And the terrible, terrible part of all this is that we're in an ecosystem that values privacy, <clears throat> you know, and you can't have anonymity right now, but at least pseudo-anonymity. And in order for folks, many folks, to be able to make a claim for their crypto or their assets, they're probably either going to have to hire a lawyer or come together on, under one lawyer and say the reason for their claim and file it in the public courts and bankruptcy court. There's going to be a whole bunch of folks where that's going to chill them. So, you know, this is a very, very complicated situation, and it's particularly uncomfortable for an ecosystem that values privacy. Hey, Ira, would would the NFT thing, like the trading the NFTs for money, be considered money laundering? Money laundering itself is not actually um, by itself an offense. You have to tether it to an underlying crime. So you'd have to say, what's the crime of selling an NFT. Now, I think that what Mondo is saying, we all, at least on first blush, probably understand, which is, well, what are the odds on a bohemian NFT getting that kind of money in a crap NFT market? And so, you know, it smells and walks like something. And someone has to find the legal theory, if they're adverse to it, on why that is illegal or why that is something that is... Um, inconsistent with maybe the filing of an automatic stay or whatever. So uh, it's very possibly possible that those things are legal, but I cannot conclude that without without more information. It's a lot of it's a it's a lot of it, it's a lot it's a lot to um, it's a lot to unpack here on the on that NFT side. But it was crazy that they were using NFTs uh, in order to uh, to get their money out. Uh, and uh, and people just buying people's accounts uh, for pennies on the dollar, uh, paying people to just get those accounts unlocked or whatnot uh, in the Bahamas. It's so much going on. Mando, I do want to talk about NFTs a little bit, though, because obviously we've spent a week talking mostly about the situation, reporting live, um, getting hit live with threads and news and whatnot. Um, you know, it's been, it's been pretty crazy. Uh, but obviously the NFT market is directly, um, directly uh, affected. But, but what's happening, you saw Deepak, uh, who had to tweet out that he's liquidating his punks and, and his, uh, and his uh, board apes, um, and uh, which obviously you hate to see, especially someone who's been nothing but like really 
good to our ecosystem so far. Um, and uh, things are not looking too great. Um, do you want to maybe uh, give us a little rundown here? Well, yeah. The first thing to say is it's not direct, right? This is this is indirect. Like, right, indirect. Is, one of the one of the things about NFTs is that we and we're not caught up in in much of this stuff. Much of it is self custody, unless you hold stuff on like Nifty Gateway. But even then, you know, there's normally ways to get out of it in in a much simpler way. So it's um it's been yeah a knock on impacts. It feels like some people probably got caught up and will probably sell NFTs. Um, this has obviously hurt, hurt a lot of people. Uh, retail traders who are obviously like the backbone of nft trading as well so i do think we're gonna have maybe a long-term impact uh it, there was a big uh bendow auction which actually went surprisingly well uh i think board eight floor w was down at 60 at one stage and went back up to 67 area so that and punks are kind of back neck and neck really um so that was quite good to see at least that people were still buying but i think you're going to see this but there's going to be a lot of people in our community now, which would have been affected by this on um, money on FTX. And this will be some of the only things that they can sell or like will be one of the first things they go to sell. So I do still think we might see a longer impact than maybe even broader crypto does because our assets are by nature liquid and none of them will have been on this this exchange. So if you have money on FTX, you might have some NFTs off, off exchange, which you, you, which you go to sell. So Deepak was a very high profile example of what I think you'll see throughout the ecosystem and what normally happens in these sort of scenarios is 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 what i said the other day it, it kind of hurts the top less and then gets more and more as you go down because uh people are just willing to sell anything which they deem they don't want to hold for a long time so i think this has a outsized impact on on collections which are below one eth i would say um and that might take weeks um to to kind of rectify so not not the best time, I think, to be in NFTs, um, but also, you know, it's not been a great year. So I think by this stage, hopefully you're in it for the long term. You know, I uh, I did pin up just to make this a happier, if we can mitigate the sadness, actually. I did put up uh, on my Twitter feed a video of why someone may consider still hodling NFTs. Um, going back to basics. So if you want to watch that, it's about two minutes long, but I'm trying to get everyone to start remembering the incredible innovation that NFTs are for collectability, for artists, for wealth creation. And at its core, it's very strong economically and legally. Um, and I do believe that this industry is going to rise like the phoenix out of these ashes because the underpinnings are very, very strong. We're just going to we're going to self-heal and to, to mitigate these kinds of risks going forward. And then we're going to come back stronger. So that's what's ultimately going to happen. It doesn't really help those who've lost right now. But in my humble view, we are going to come back stronger in a year or two from now, maybe even months from now. Um, I think we're going to be having a different tune in these spaces. 100%. Uh, I just pinned at the top as well. Uh, don't, don't forget. Don't forget the infamous Kobe clip saying that we have been the geniuses all along when it comes to the NFT space. Uh, <laughs> don't forget that, uh, fam, uh, because while, you know, all these people are trading over leveraged positions, 
Uh, we're out here uh, stuck with beautiful pictures uh, that are part of culture and that are bigger than a lot of things. If you don't believe me, hear it well, for I yourself. I used to think it was. I used to think you guys were like dumb, but now I've realized. That I'm going to play this clip forever. Now I've realized that you were like, look, look at all that leverage. Look at all that financialized shit. Like, look at all that. Let's stay away from that. Let's look at the cute pictures. And then if it all goes to zero, we'll just go, oh, well, there were nice pictures and I like the pictures. What can anyone say now? you just like, yeah, well, I've got my pictures. It's sick. You guys are the geniuses. I was very wrong. All kinds of pictures. That's gone. I'm an NFT maxi now. I'm going all in. Just tell me what Let's the fuck Let's fucking go, baby. Let's fucking go, baby. Clip that shit. Clip that shit. Clip that shit. I can't stop laughing. That was that was funny. That was a moment. That was a uh, that was a moment in time uh, the other night on the GNNFT show that takes place Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We claim that it's an hour long show, but it's been five hours long every night. Uh, and uh, and yeah, Mando, Ovi, what do you guys think about that? You know, listen, like all this could go down. I still have my red light district. I still have my cities. I still have my red guy. You know, I got my punk. I got my little monkey JPEG. You know, uh, seems like we're all along. Like we kind of been vibing this entire time. Like I saw another tweet uh, talking about how I want to. I want to find for you. I've been retweeting way so too much content in the last couple of days about about the situation. Uh, John Palmer. Saying it's kind of ironic that despite being made fun of as the smooth brain part of crypto, no one is really storing NFTs on custodial uh, services or exchanges. Um, next run up for for NFTs uh, could be uh, could be quite interesting. What do you guys think, Mando and Ovi? Yeah, look, if you uh, if you buy art you like and you just want to own it, it doesn't really matter what the price does, right? Um, you feel happy when it's up, you feel a bit sad when it's down, but. You can't really get rugged like you are getting rugged with uh, these exchanges and stuff. So, um, so that's the number one selling point of NFTs, I think, of, uh, of collectibles anyway. Yeah, Mando, what do you think about all that? What happens next? Yeah, I know. I, I think we're just being like constant optimists, but it does feel like... Uh, it I does hate to like hear we... it like that. We're getting second order impacts, right? There isn't leverage in our system. I know Bendow is going on right now, which perhaps isn't isn't the best uh, best thing to talk about in terms of leverage in the system. But we don't have anything close to um, the blow ups that have happened this year. Although we had a bubble, we didn't have this sort of blow up um, by nature of like people being defrauded, apart from let's say like Pixelmon. But you didn't have you didn't have examples like this where you know Luna took out what sixty billion. FTX looks like it's going to take up 10 to 20 billion. Um, and then you have a bunch of others which are probably in the billions as well. So we have nothing like that. Um, I do. And that there's, there is a beauty to that. Like we had, we just have culture and yeah, we, we were probably in a bubble or we definitely were in a bubble this time last year, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's no, not a lot of value here. And there's times like this where you, you kind of wish that the financial, the financialization of NFT of crypto didn't seep into NFTs so much, but I guess that was responsible for the run up as well. So it, you have to take it both sides of this. Um, and uh, you know, I I fully fully believe that ETH will you know be back at five k, ten k plus in the next five to ten years. So 
it seems, and I think the top NFT projects will do very, very well in that time period, or at least I think the, the you know, the, the one, the winners of the last couple of cycles, I think will, will hold their value actually. So I do still think we're going to be, um, it, it's going to be a tough few months still, but yeah, I'm, you know, I fully believe that there is a, there is going to be a very good ending to all of this. Yep, those uh, those who stick around uh, will will get rewarded. I mean, I think Sobi made some good points earlier. He was talking about how this has really um, affected him, but he's trying to make the best out of it and uh, and get out of the situation that it put him in. So it's uh, it's things like that, right? Um, that um, that people got to keep in mind. I think it's a good reminder for people. Um, you know, we've been talking about not holding you know self custody and everything. Seeing as a good reminder, uh, you know. Ledger, Trezor, whatever other hardware wallet you want to use. I don't know what the other ones are personally. Uh, Gnosis safes are good and whatnot. Just maybe this is a good time. Um, maybe this is a good time to, uh, to, um, to, yeah, Mando, the, 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 did the partnership hit yet? Uh, okay. <laughs> I was kidding. Shout out to Ledger. Uh, but it's, um, Bro, definitely like, you know, this... can, can you oh, hear no. me? You're scaring me. No, no. I just uh, just got through to support okay. with FTX International. So if you are on FTX International, support is actually responding right now. They haven't been responding for the last 72 hours. So if you are on FTX International, respond to support. They are helping us. I think helping is a big word. Okay. Not helping, uh, but, but at least I'm they're glad, responding to me. But I'm glad you're... <laughs> exactly. So how's your shit going? You're no, good? No, I'm, complete, I'm completely fucked, okay. but... You know, like at least I'm talking to support. There might be a chance that I can get some of my money out of there, and that would be amazing. Hey, at least you got your dogs. Um, Gainsey did tweet this morning <laughs> that he said, as someone who went from nine million dollars to negative two hundred k once, get a dog. Um, it helps a lot. And I saw you picked up two yeah, dogs. Yeah, I saw helping. you picked up two it, dogs. I'm definitely coping. I'm touching grass and holding my dogs. <laughs> Hang tight, baby. Hang tight, Johnny boy. You're still my superhero. Don't worry about it. Love you, bro. Uh, you did. You did sell the top a year ago, exactly. Um, but again, hate to see what's going on with your ape now. Um, so it's just like things like that. It's just, dude, <sighs> dude, I don't, I was tweeting yesterday. I don't know how you guys feel, uh, but I just, I just hate to see so many people hurt around me. Like it's like, it just sucks. So it's, uh, it's never fun, but yeah, FTX international users seems like there is some customer support being responsive. So make sure that you check, um, you check in, uh, if you had some, um, if you had anything opened up. And uh, and you're waiting on the on some answers there. Whew, wow, Banda uh, Ovi, w- what a week! I know we're kind of like repeating ourselves here. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things. Uh, we've mentioned a lot of things. This was I don't know about you guys. How are you guys feeling after a week like this? You guys gonna rest this weekend? I am brain fried. <laughs> this constant need to report the news has been pretty crazy. One thing I'd say is like people always talk about. Um oh, this guy's an OG in crypto, this guy's an OG, or like, I've been around long enough to see all this stuff. It's like, I'll tell you what, like, if you've been through this, you've been through this year, you're definitely like an OG now. Like, the shit that's happened this year is just fucking insane. At and, what price? Um, yeah, and like, I know, but like, um, you, you know, these things happen, and you've got to learn from them and, and, and factor them into your decisions in the future, you know? Like, and I think, I feel like my former career has helped me a lot in the crypto space because I've seen certain patterns or things before that i know where to be cautious and going through things like this will 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 teach people how to uh, on the cautious side when needed and 
you know, evaluate the, their decisions better. And I, I know that's like a really like, um, you know, small consolation for people who are, who are down bad and lost a lot, but, uh, you know, it will make a difference. It will make everyone come out of it with much more character, I think. Yeah, I want to add to that, like, you know, I've been in crypto space since 2012, and I got rugged by Mount Gox in 2014 for 50 Bitcoin, which I don't even know want to know what that's worth now. And then I got rugged About again. About $50. By... <laughs> True. And then I got rugged again by another crypto exchange, BitGrail, because I had a bunch of nano on there. And so, like, th- and those are two different cycles I got rugged. And so this is the third cycle where a lot of people got rugged by a, two different, you know, 3AC and... FTX now like rugged a lot of people and it's like sometimes you you learn those hard lessons but if you're still in this space know that you can take those lessons and come out the other side like there's it's it's you know we say it all the time it's still super early it is still super early like crypto's not even regulated properly like there's no consumer protections you have to protect yourself and so like one of those first steps is obviously like custodying your own NFTs custodying your own coin Leaving things on exchanges is, is is risky as fuck. Like even if it's Coinbase, even if it's Kraken, even things that you trust, you just gotta know that there's risk of leaving your stuff on exchanges. It's not actually your coin when it's on an exchange. Yep, it's uh, definitely some good advice here. Again, Mando, give us some of that good advice. I know you got some. You're the sound one of the crew. About what to do now? I don't know. You, you you close off the show with some positivity before we go on to the fucking weekend. Whatever the weekend may bring. Hopefully his yeah. excellency doesn't come and fuck it up for us. Yeah, look, I, <laughs> I, I have to admit, like, I did, you know, freak out slightly when I first, first came out. Um, it is scary that when this sort of stuff come, comes out. Um, I bought I bought crypto again today. I do think I do think that what OSF said there might be true here. Like, I... I I see it difficult now to scare the market below a thousand, a thousand ETH, and I, I, I said that uh, I said that we could go below there when this happened, but we didn't even. We came what well, I think it went to like one one zero eighty or something like that. So even if we see a bit of a retrenchment here and something comes out that that uh, there's you know somebody else got caught up in the contagion and maybe there's maybe even two people got caught up in the contagion. I do think they're going to be smaller than FTX. So I, I kind of sit there and go like, well, your downside now is it's about 25%. Um, and I think your upside could be pretty sizable if if this does feel like it's um, we're going to close to bottom. So yeah, I, I don't think this is a bad time to accumulate. I think the, give the NFT market time. People people will be in pain. Um, and I if you want to buy NFTs, I'd, you know, th- there was the highest number of WEATH bids for ever, I think, two days ago, right? So clearly liquidity um, is valuable. Uh, so uh, you don't necessarily have to buy floors. You can you can just put bids out and see what gets hit. Uh, I don't think that's a bad strategy across a lot of, a lot of blue chips. Unfortunately, this does, this does make it a longer term play. Like um, there's no, no question that this, this sort of does damage to people coming into the space. Like all you hear about is scammers and you, you, you kind of want to try and rectify that and then another one pops up. So I do think this does just does push back the adoption of crypto, um, these sort of episodes and this whole collapse of this bull market has, has shown a lot of our heroes have been, you know, 
wearing no clothes. So I, I, I don't think that's a great look for crypto. And we might be talking about a longer term adoption of some of the stuff that we've been asking about. But I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't really do anything else. I do still think that this is this is going to have, um, you know, it's tough to go from where like we were, what was it, a week ago? It was, it was last Friday. We had Rao Paul on. and yeah, It feels bullish, like a month ago, bro. How bullish he was. And I came away from that being like, yeah, you know, should just go max, max fitting everything. And, you know, you, you live in an alternate reality where maybe CZ didn't decide to take out um, uh, Sam this week and ETH would have been at 2000 plus And, you know, we would have been talking about, you know, the next bull run. Uh, this just delays it slightly, but it doesn't mean what he said a week ago isn't going to happen. I, I do still think we're going to see a parabolic move into, in, with all this stuff. Um, so maybe maybe go listen back to that. That that will put everyone back back in the sort of mindset you need to be in. Um, you just got a cheaper entry and maybe a maybe a longer term trade than, than it was a week ago. Yeah, it'll take uh, it'll take a minute. Um, John, I'm gonna have to put this on the record real quick. Then I'm gonna go to Shekinah. Uh, John did say to myself, uh, to Mel, and to Keith Grossman, who's still on stage here, uh, but I don't know if he's actually here. Um, but he has been here for an hour and a half. Um, it's been kind of funny. I don't know if he knows he's on stage. Um, John did say uh, that if his money is transferred out of FTX, uh, he will buy me, Mel, and Keith Grossman each a punk. Uh, and it seems like we're, we're, we could potentially go there. So I will manifest that, uh, John, enough on the record. It's going to Spotify. It's going to Apple. It's going to Amazon. It's going to YouTube. Um, and <laughs> it's 100% true. I will be buying you guys punks if my you money have, actually comes through. There are two lawyers as witnesses here. Um, there's 700 people in the audience. Um, and, uh, my boys was F and Mando. Uh, but <laughs> no, but seriously, John, I, I really, dude, I've been thinking about, I, you see, I tweet, I text you every day. Every time there's an update on FTX, I might text them to John before I tweet them. Uh, but definitely hope that every one of you guys, uh, managed to, to get some fucking this shit out of there, man. So bad. Shekinah. Yeah. No, I just want to say like, I, I, I think the good that's going to come out of this, you know, is like, how can you not have like regulation next year? I mean, that was already the talk of the town, at least in D.C., that there would be something um, next year. And so I think this really puts a, a, a bigger fire or really lights a fire, you know, under Congress to, to do something. And so, like, that's where I'm bullish on it. I'm bullish on even like the library case, even though it, it's not the best outcome. You know, it wasn't a good outcome, you know, for library, you know, versus the SEC. But still, like, it gives some legal clarity and, you know, just, yeah, and, and set some type of precedent, precedent where we can move forward um, and kind of make this space safer so that more people can come in. And I'm obviously, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm super bullish on the amount of major brands within the past, what, couple months that have filed trademarks to move into this space. Um, I'm hopefully the World Cup, you know, and their NFTs will put more, would put the industry more on the map. But I'm 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 certainly bullish, at least from the regulatory standpoint, that something will come out and just hopefully it will, you know, like be somewhat pro, you know, our community. But um, but definitely consumer protection, certainly. Hundred percent, super bullish on the World Cup stuff. We're gonna talk about it Monday because I saw the Reddit World Cup avatars. You can go and claim free avatars over there on Reddit, and you can like pick your own country, and they're like so cute. Like some of our holders were were showing me. 
yesterday uh, amidst, it was like a little smile among, amongst uh, in the middle of all this uh, this stuff it, it made me really happy I think I'm gonna go claim my French one uh, because we are gonna kick England's ass uh, <clears throat> I was said Fernando uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's funny Art Basel is gonna be fun it's gonna be pure right in the middle of World Cup then we're all going to the Ledger Open event right after Paris so it's gonna be hilarious we'll be fighting the entire way Ovi uh, and so um, another thing, so that's going to be great. So we'll talk about it. So my friend Victor Mascara did some beautiful art and he was meeting with Kaka, like the legendary Brazilian player as well. So super, super cool. Definitely check it out. It's on the Reddit stuff, the World Cup claim, claim for the for the avatars. And there's a lot of great things coming to the industry, y'all. You know, hang tight. Uh, we love you. And uh, and just, you know, just uh, you know, hang around. There's some beautiful things, beautiful people. I know that it's tough sometimes when you see the shining knight. The knight in the shining armor turns out to be one of the biggest crooks in the history uh, of anything, actually. Um, but I promise you there are some good people out there. Um, and uh, and if you ever need help, you know, make sure you, t- you, know, you message people. Um, you know, there's, there are people around you that will support you. I just wanted to remind people of that because obviously, like, a lot of people are less vulnerable or, don't want to talk about things and understand that this week has been extremely heavy. Um, it's been really heavy for everyone. I think even just like being here talking about it all day long, uh, it's just like you just like realize so much going on that's just not cool. So I just want people to understand that and, uh, and to hang tight and stay bullish because fuck, we're going to come back stronger than ever um, and we're going to do it together and we're going to build this shit back up brick by brick, um, which is really important. I'm going to leave you all a quote uh, from from actually, uh, from uh, Robert Leshner, one of my favorite builders in the space, one of the smartest people and the most mindful ones. He says, the whole damn point of crypto is so that you don't have to say, I wonder what the company is actually doing with my money. And so there is so much more to crypto, to crypto than uh, what you've seen uh, this week. I promise you, there's really, really so much more. It was that with that, with that, uh, we'll see you at 3 p.m. today in three hours. We have the Rug Radio bi-weekly town hall, some cool updates for y'all um, and some fun stuff. You know, we're still going uh, and we're going to keep going. Uh, next week, is, I think, in my opinion, uh, I, Mando, uh, I think based on a few things, maybe one of our biggest weeks ever uh, for the show, but also for for, for, for the brand. Um, and so we're, we're going to keep pushing through. And also tomorrow at, uh, at noon Eastern Standard Time, I'll be hosting Farouk and Fio. So for my one-on-one series of interviews that I've been doing, Fio is going to come on uh, an hour before his, he goes and starts his Christie's auction, uh, you know, the painting live. We're going to have a light, nice little deep conversation around it. So there was a few things going on royalty-wise this week, and you saw his letter. So I'm sure we're going to have some a good cover there. And with that, with that, with that, Mando Osef, I got to give you guys your flowers on the stage. You guys absolutely fucking dominated this week. Like when it comes to quality of just the, the takes, the knowledge, the, the education, I like Keith Grossman was telling me earlier, he's like, I'm not talking because I just want to listen. I just came to listen to Ovi Amanda. <laughs> he didn't say me. He said you guys. Uh, <laughs> but you guys, like, you guys were like fucking incredible. And I do want people to I understand. Like, dude, like, you guys, dude, you guys are just like, you guys are killing it. When it comes to this stuff, I, I have to say, I'm so proud of my co hosts. I, I genuinely think they're the best people when it comes to these type of uh, situations, when it comes to macro and, and, and when it comes to these things. And so it's so, it's so good for me to be able to sit here and, ask them the questions and hot potato to two people that are way smarter than I am uh, and to really just be able to explain the situation in a calm, composed and educational and educated uh, manner. So definitely check them out. Okay. Make sure you follow everyone on here and make sure you show up every day because we will show up every day at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Monday. Shout out to 2117. 
for, for powering the show. They'll be coming on Monday as well. So you've been hearing me say that every day, the beginning, the end of the show. You're going to be able to listen and see what's up with them. So shout out to them. We love him. And with that, with that, with that, big kudos to all our friends who came up today. John 5511, Ira, Shikida, uh Keith, uh, who, who <laughs> that was funny. And everybody else who came to share uh, their, their, their knowledge um, uh, with us. And uh, I'll see you on Monday. Have a good weekend, everyone. Try to try to touch that grass and try to go for a walk. Try to try to zone out and disconnect. It's uh, it's very important uh, for the mind. It's very important for the soul. Uh, and I love y'all. See y'all on Monday. Peace out. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day, you hold in Morocco, San Fernando Got the Alpha on Web 3 And it's all on the road radio It's a beautiful day Have a beautiful day GMGM